This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Sean Soderling is a coach and co-host of the Soccer Chat podcast. His coaching experience ranges from youth club to college, both men and women, and he describes his coaching style as the type of coach that goes above and beyond to build a sustainable program that is not only successful, but also produces quality individuals. He intentionally builds buy-in and a positive culture. And his strategy and tactics have been proven successful. His positive mentality is something that we spoke about at length during this interview. And it's something that he has mixed feelings about, to be honest. And I'll just say that up front in the intro to this podcast. But we also discussed the importance of watching video of your teams during training and video of your teams during games. We also talked about his desire to produce more video content. And I actually... um, I don't know if I challenged him or if I uh, <laughs> inspired him. I don't, I don't know what the right term would be, but he, he did recently post videos on his Twitter of one of his training sessions, which I thought was pretty interesting and also something that I never even think about, but it was a training session that was indoors. I always forget that half the country has to train indoors for like six months out of the year. So I was kind of like, whoa, that's a cool facility, but I realized it's probably normal for a lot of people to listen to this podcast. Anyways, back on track. Uh, we talked about his desire to produce more video content. Boom, check, just said that. Um, oh, and of course, we also talked about the soccer chat community that him and Nick Rizzo have built and what that animal, what that beast has turned into, which is really fun. You can find Sean and all of his soccer chat shenanigans on Twitter every Wednesday night. And you can also find the soccer chat podcast every week on Thursdays. And you can find that all over um, iTunes, everywhere, the same places that you can find this podcast, actually. All of those places, you can probably find theirs as well. So I've provided links to that in the write-up of this podcast, or you can visit him on Twitter, and you can probably find links to it there. Uh, if you are looking for an episode of the Soccer Chat podcast to start with, you should start with the one when they interviewed me, because I actually flipped the script for a little bit, and I got to answer questions instead of ask them, and I had a really fun time talking with both Nick and Sean during that hour-long conversation that they recorded. So uh, I've also provided a link to that in the Reddit for this podcast. This podcast is supported by Bounce Athletics. Finding high-quality and reliable training balls and numbered training vests can be challenging, but Bounce Athletics has you covered. They are offering 343 listeners an additional 10% discount on orders, and I just spoke to Zach Jonker, founder of Bounce Athletics, about a new package deal that they are offering to help coaches get ready for tryout season. You can order 24 of their custom soccer balls and 24 of their custom numbered reversible training vests for $6.99. They also have a package deal that comes with 48 balls and 48 vests for $11.99. And the training vests are great for colleges, high schools, and camps that are looking for ways to identify players and keep training sessions organized and to just keep themselves on track instead of having to worry about who's who, what's what, where's where. Everything just stays nice and tidy and organized. And the balls that you get in that package, well, the balls are on par with brands like Nike and Adidas and Select, and I highly recommend them. The players that I coach are constantly fighting over the bounce athletic balls that I have in the ball bag. 
I use products from Bounce Athletics in every single training session. And I only agreed to bring them on as a sponsor of this podcast because I actually like and use their products. So if you want to see what they are all about, please check out their products. And if you are ready to submit your order, you can do that by emailing info at bounceathletics.com. But make sure that you mention 343 so that you receive your additional 10% discount. That is a very crucial ingredient in that deal. If you don't mention it, you don't get the extra 10% off. So do that. This podcast is also supported by something that I use every single training session. And I'm talking about the 343 Premium Coaching Education Program. The exercises and the methodology provided by 343 completely changed the way that I coach my teams, and I have never looked back. If you are an ambitious coach that is serious about learning how to coach possession soccer, this program is for you. The 343 membership is a powerful and effective online program for coaches who are looking for a proven methodology and a high-quality education for a fraction of the price of other licenses and courses that are out there. This program is for coaches of all levels, whether it's club, high school, college, or even pro. And when you sign up, you get 24-7 access to videos of actual training sessions and games, which showcase the proven 343 methodology. You also get a series of eBooks, audio lessons, classroom presentations, and you're instantly connected to a nationwide network of other like-minded coaches that are currently enrolled. You can learn more about the benefits of the 343 Premium Coaching Membership Program, or if you are ready to sign up, you can just go ahead and go for it. But all of that information is available at 343coaching.com. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the 343 Podcast with Coach Sean Soderling. Hello, sir. What's up, man? You can hear me fine? I can hear you perfectly. Cool. You sound perfect, too. <laughs> that was my objective for this. Nice. Uh, yeah, actually, FaceTime is uh, FaceTime is actually super high quality uh, recording yeah. or audio, so it sounds uh, it sounds perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's up? What's new? What's, uh, what's going on in the life of Coach Soderling? Oh, man. You said it, life. It's just... Uh, <laughs> It was, I I had a little bit of one of those those so called days yesterday, and then it dawned on me today when I was just like my stomach was all my nerves were going crazy, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, I get to talk to John today. <laughs> all right, let, let me pet myself up a little bit. But um, this life, man, I, I can't complain too much. I've got um, we've got we've got our Challenge Cup for our club team this weekend, and my wife actually flies out to San Diego Saturday morning, so we're in a trying to get my mom, oh, well, my mom's watching the kids, but I'm trying to get my schedule tuned up to where like, I don't have to drive back and forth between here and Indianapolis and like get back and watch my kids and then let my mom watch them for a little bit. So I don't want to overburden her, but, um, that's just, that's, that's the life of a soldering basically. <laughs> well, it's the life of a soccer coach too. I don't know if you, if you realize that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too, that too. It, uh, just not good planning on our part. And, um, I know I, we were talking about this last night and I swear like two weeks ago we were at my mom's and we were talking about, like, Hey, what games do you have upcoming? Cause my daughter's playing currently. She's got a couple more weeks left in her little rec league she's playing in. And I was like, well, I'm going to miss, you know, when the game quiz got in two weeks. Cause I've got, you know, this game, these games in Indianapolis. 
And I like, maybe it's just the male in me, but I swear everyone that was there was like, oh, okay. And then as a family, we're going um, the following weekend up to Indianapolis to uh, take my kids to some museums and stuff. And they're like, so not the weekend that you're, we're up there for the museum. I'm like, no, I have a camp while we're up there for that. The weekend before I have games. And I, I know in my heart of hearts, I said that at least seven times. And now everybody's like, you never mentioned the game. So it's, uh, I think that's just a, a male thing where we know we said something, but apparently we didn't. But we still know that we said it. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, what is uh, what is Challenge Cup? You, you you said it like I like I, I should know what it means, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> so Indiana, so Indiana has State Cup, Presidents Cup, and Challenge Cup. Okay. And at one time, the like the order of like the importance, I guess, or the the order of. Uh, status or stature or whatever, I guess is the word, um, was state cup presence or challenge cup, then presence cup. And because at first there was just state cup and challenge cup. And then they kind of started this president's cup thing. Um, and they changed like how teams could get into state cup. So now, and this has changed since I moved back. Um, now it's the top eight teams in your first division are the only teams who can play in the state cup. And then the next set of teams are the only ones who can play in the uh, President's Cup, and then every other division and team from there on out can sign up to play in the in the President's Cup and play kind of like their own version of like a state tournament. Um, so it, I, the last time, um, let's see, I had a girls team. We won the Challenge Cup two thousand. I was with my wife at the time, so it was at least ten years ago, um, and. That's the time we only had two. So we were like, Hey, like, you know, we're like the single A state champions <laughs> and the other people are the, are the two A, but, uh, now they've got three and, and I've got a, a group of, uh, 17 year old boys that, uh, are looking f- to, uh, to get out of the first round for the first time. And, and, uh, I think we've got a, a pretty good chance to at least get that part out. Then the, then the rest, we're going to really, uh, try to work hard to get into the following weekend. Do you think your boys are like, conscious of the, of the fact like that there's the three tournaments and, and the, the, they're all kind of ranked differently according to the coaches or, or do, do really the coaches are, are the coaches only the ones that think about that? I don't think anybody really, because when, when we signed up for this one, um, I, I was back in my mind of where I remember the word was just state cup and, and challenge cup and the president's cup was just kind of beginning and nobody was really in it. Um, and my DOC was like, Oh no, like you need to play in the president in the challenge cup. And I was, and I said, all right, we applied for a president's cup. Yeah. Right. Tell me to do that. And then my DOC was like, no, no, you need to play in the challenge cup. I was like, well, wasn't that the second best one? Or like, that's the second hardest one, whatever it may be. And he's like, no, no. He's like, it's, it's changed a little bit and kind of went through and told me what the, the changes that they made to it. And I was like, oh, so, you know, like with my guys, like I never mentioned like, Hey, this is kind of like the third version of the, of the whole shebang, the whole state type of thing. Um, Cause it's what they, they've played in the last couple of years to my understanding. And, you know, their focus, they've, you know, when we set our goals at the beginning of the year, they were just a like, coach. We want to get out of the first round or first weekend. Like we want to extend the week, uh, the length of our season. So uh, that's just kind of what we're looking forward to is uh, just making it through this weekend and, and extending our season as much as we can. You know, the reason why I ask is because a lot of times I feel like kids don't, kids don't pay attention to that type of stuff. They're like, they, they realize there's, oh, a, yeah. game on, there, there's a game on the weekend and, and no matter what the game is, they, they want to, they want to try to win it. And, and they're not really yeah. focused on, you know, president's division or here in, in our state cup, it's broken up into different divisions. And, and I think that, I think the kids here too understand that, um, they probably, they got the news way before I did that, you know, you've got to be in that top eight in the first division to get in the state cup now. 
Um, so I, I, in my group, um, we're a, we're playing, (laughs) this is so weird, but our challenge cup, we're playing our age group, our league, we are playing two years up in a combined second and third division. Um, so (laughs) we're like, so my boys are like, you know, if we were in our actual age group, like, would we be be playing in president's cup maybe? And I'm like, that's a really good question. And I, I don't have an answer to that. Why do you, why do you guys play that way in, in your league? I, don't, I think so. The team I've got is brand new to our club. They came from another club. Um, and I don't think historically they had a, I don't think they had a good season last year from what I understand. Um, so when they were trying to put us in the, for our age group in the state, there's only two divisions anyways. And I guess because of what their previous seasons were like, they weren't going to put them uh, in that state league and, and keep them in a local league that they were in before. And so that was kind of my mindset because I, because the thing is like when I first got the team, um, you know, I just kind of heard that, you know, like they're okay. They, they just, you know, they're your typical local league team. And the first like three sessions that I had with them, I was like, who's, who's raking these kids? Cause I'm seeing like really good players who are working hard and they, they work so well together. Um, they're, they're such a like tight knit unit. And all of a sudden, like, you know, we're starting to make some noise. Like we're, we've been playing well in, in tournaments and, and we've been doing well in our, our league and kind of my mindset from the beginning with the guys is like, Hey, like, you know, here's these things I know you want to do, but we've got to, we've got to improve on some things to get there. And, and they know now that, you know, their performance in the league will determine what they do next year. Uh, since they only have a, you know, a, a couple of years left with them being mainly sophomores. What's the, uh... What's the most important thing for you when you when you take over a new team, or what was the most important thing for you when you took over this new team? I guess is a probably better question. So, from what I understand, um, this group had went through like four coaches last year, Jesus. and they've had like five or six in the last like three years. And and like and one of the coaches who was there, who was with them, was a good friend of mine, um, and he was there with them for a while, and then he took a a, a coaching job um, in another state. Uh, with a with a college, and so and you know like they weren't upset about him doing that because it was a it was a good move for him. Um, and you know they just the the first tryout that I had with them all, I actually was on my way back to Michigan because I had just done tryouts with a with a different team. Uh, and I got a phone call on my way back to Michigan. It was like, hey, you know, are you near Evansville still? And I'm like, no, I'm actually on my way back to Michigan. They're like, oh, we've got this entire team that wants to come over to our club, and we figure you'd be a good fit for them. And I was like, oh, you know, like, sure. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that age group. Like, that's fine. Like, well, they wanted to do a tryout. And I was like, well, when? They're like, can you get here in like an hour? <laughs> I was like, yeah, let me turn this around. So I turned back around and there was uh, half the team was there. And one of them approached me and said, you know, I'm just letting you know, like, we're a really tight knit unit. Um, we've played together for a really long time. And if one of us says that we want to come over and play for you or play for the club, um, then we're all going to come. It just takes one person to say that they want to do it and we'll do it. So I instantly got like a really cool vibe from them from the very beginning. And I think we trained uh, for like 10 minutes and one kid was like, all right, we're good. And I was like, we're what? And they're like, yeah, we're good. And I was like, oh, okay. We, you know, thanks guys for, for coming out. And they're like, no, no, we're coming over. Like we, we like this. This is, this is what we need. Um, so I don't, I'm not, I don't treat them any differently. I'm just like, I'm trying to get them when I take over a team like this, I, I just try to get them to see what I see in them. Uh, so that way they can, cause the first couple of weeks were just, Oh, well, this is how we, this is what we were. This is what we were. Um, and I'm like, well, who cares what you are? This is how you are. 
and like this is what we're building upon and uh you can you can see that that buy-in that that belief in, in what they're trying to do and to where you know they understand that it's a long-term progress it's not just a you know what are we doing this season it's all right what we're doing now is going to make us better for next year uh and then the following year as seniors so um, it's just, I'm, I'm excited to be with them and they, they, they bring out more in me than I, than I thought that they, that not that I thought that they would, but they, they're bringing out more in me than what I was expecting for myself. I want to, I want to pick you apart, dude. I want to, I want to get specific with you because, <laughs> okay. because you've said something twice now that, uh, is very interesting to me. So you mentioned the kind of like, uh, a few minutes ago, you mentioned that they were wanting to do certain things, but they're not ready for them yet. And then you kind of just doubled down on, and you said something very similar just a second ago. So what, like what, what are some of the things that they are capable of now or, or what do you expect them to be capable of in the future? Like what's making you say those, those types of statements? So we had a really good winter session. Um, and our winter sessions with our club is just basically, um, we, the coach had them for about six weeks and then another coach takes them for the next six weeks. Um, so when we have them, we kind of have our curriculum of, or as a coach, like we can say, okay, here's what we're going to work on. And then as a club, there's a curriculum they do for that second six weeks. Um, so mine, I did, I've, and I've done this with my teams for the longest time, um, is I did a beast mode phase with them. And cause I could tell, you know, they're, you can see in players that they think the game correctly, but it's just the execution of what they're trying to do can be a, a little bit of a hindrance. Um, and I apologize for any words that I butcher. If you guys listen to our show, like, you know, I, I butcher <laughs> words all the time. You make up words all the time. I do make up words. Um, it sounds good at least, but, um, and I could just tell like, they just needed confidence on the ball. Like they, like, like I said, they, they think the game correct and they, they know what they want to do, but it's just that execution. So we just trained really heavy on that for a while. Um, and then when they got with the other coach for the second six weeks, it was a little bit more stationary and working a little bit more on clinical finishing, stuff like that. And then they would do uh, scrimmage games, um, at the end. So I could see just like how much they changed from, from the fall to the spring. Uh, and just the couple weeks that I got with them in the fall and the, the, two tournaments that we played, they just, they were playing faster. They were thinking faster. And, you know, one of the things that I, I take a lot of pride in as a coach is whether it's at training or, or in games that first or the fall that I had them, um, so many players come out, coach, we've never played like this before. Like, this is incredible. Um, and to hear like the parents say that too, like we've never seen these boys play like this. Uh, it's just, uh, that, that tells me like what we're doing is working. Um, you know, having, having a, a, a dad come up and say, you know, like, why are you practicing on these set pieces for a long time? And if you know our show, then you know the whole set piece joke. Um, and the very next game, we scored three goals off of corners. And after the game, the dad came up and goes, I completely understand why you worked on those corners. Uh, and they had, and they hadn't scored. I think they were telling me when we had done that, they said they hadn't scored a goal off of a corner in probably like four or five years. Wow. Um, so it's just that um, what I'm trying to work with them now is account their like own accountability. So instead of me having to tell them all the time, like, I'm seeing this improvement in you like, Hey, you're doing better at this. I'm trying to implement these things for them to do at home. So that way, as they're doing them and learning them, they're, they're seeing their own development. They know when they're getting better They're and they're not having to, it doesn't take me having to pat them on the back, which I still do. Like, don't get me wrong. I, if I see some, like we've got a kid that's just drastically improved from, you know, I would say he probably was bottom of the roster. He's actually playing, um, a year up, 
And all of a sudden now, like he's worked his way into a starting spot and like all the guys, every session and every game's like, yo man, like he's hitting it out of the park. Like he is on top of the game. Like he's improved so much. Um, and the goal is to get all of them to improve that much and, and just make them believe in themselves the way that I do. And from what I've seen from them, you seem like you're like, you're a big mentality guy. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're big on positivity and, and things like that, which is, is pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of my, um, I guess my MO. I, I, I never even use that phrase right, but I'm going to use it for this. Is That's my, like my MO. I, I've been told I'm not much of a soccer guy. I'm a, I, I've been called out saying I'm a motivator more than I am a soccer coach, which sometimes is offensive, but then I think about it. I'm just like, you know, like I, I want people to believe in what they do. And if you don't believe in what you do, you're never going to do it to your full potential. And so I, I'm trying to get these kids and every kid that I work with just to see themselves in this whole new manner and this whole like positive realm. And, and, and every team I've coached in every classroom that I've, I've, I've had to manage, it's all about this atmosphere of positivity, because if you believe in what you're doing, you're, like I said, you're going to do it to the, the fullest of your potential. No, I, I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think you should ever take it as a negative um, because I'm trying to remember who I talked with this about recently. It might have been a guy named Guillermo, the the assistant coach at Orlando City. But you need like you need all those different aspects on your yeah. on your coaching staff. And a lot of times, as club coaches, youth coaches, we are supposed to be everything wrapped into one. And parents expect us to be, you know, the motivator, the tactician, <laughs> the technician, yeah. the video analysis person. And, and that's it's a big it's a big responsibility. And so I don't I don't think you should take that as, as a negative at all that your that, that your specialty is, you know, more of, of the menta- on the mentality side. I think that's freaking awesome, man. Yeah, I, I think it's it's not so much that I take it the wrong way. I think when people use it when they've used it towards me, it's used in a negative manner. Uh, if if that makes sense. I see. I see. So I it's see. like, Oh, he's just a motivator. But, uh-huh. and, and I was thinking about this actually, but on my, on my way home to, to call you, um, like I, I think when now, like with the show and Nick and I joke about this all the time that people are always, like, when we show up to tournaments or to camps, it's like, Oh, Hey, it's the podcast guys. <laughs> Nobody like really cares about what we've done in our coaching career. Other than Nick being the coach of the year of his conference last year, because I bragged about it like every single episode, uh, for him. But I was thinking about this on the way here, on my way home today. It was just like, you know, like people know me now from the podcast because the podcast has just like jumped my career, I guess, uh-huh. uh, in the last few years. But I don't think like people know like my story of like what I've done. Um, and so now there's, it's kind of that thing where like when you see me coach um, or a, a direct example, our, our director of coaching, uh, my first uh, session with these boys, uh, his team was training on a field diagonal from ours. And when my team is training, when we are like, when we're on all centers and we're training well, like I'm going to make sure everyone knows about it. I hoot, I holler, I get into it. I let out some woos. And I, I, I like, I genuinely, genuinely put my emotion out there of like how happy I am with what we're doing. Um, and I remember our DOC came over afterwards and he was like, I don't even need to ask you because I know what that session was like. <laughs> and like, for me, like, that's a cool thing. Like, so I, I don't really take it wrong when people say, oh, we're just a motivator. But I feel like people use that when they say you're just a motivator, they just, they use that as a negative form. But if you check out my, my career highlights, I guess, as a coach, whatever you want to call it, um, like I've been, a, I've been a part of some really awesome programs and done some really cool things. 
Uh, so, you know, maybe the motivating technique has worked. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I, like I said, I, I don't take it wrong unless people use it in a negative way, which, you know, knock on wood, thankfully has, has just been a, a couple of times. Hey, sit tight. We are going to hear a quick message from our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. It's a part-time DOC. I had a budget and, you know, we needed training gear every year and it just was getting more and more difficult to find decent, high quality, affordable training balls. That's Zach. He's the co-founder of Bounce Athletics. And as a coach, he was having a hard time finding quality soccer balls at an affordable price. So he started searching for ways to solve that problem for himself and for others. We've been able to experiment with a lot of different textured materials and construction methods. And, and I think we've really got it dialed in to, to where now, you know, with, with our training balls, we're providing super high level training balls that have all the modern technology in them for a fraction of the price of global brands. Zach and Bounce Athletics are offering 343 members and listeners 10% off orders of those custom premium soccer balls that he was just talking about. Email info at bounceathletics.com to start the order process and be sure to mention 343 to receive your 10% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, play therapist here i guess what can uh what can, i need i need that <laughs> what what can you what can you do better to showcase your your soccer chops like like what what can you do better to showcase the work that you're doing on the field like like the x's and o's yeah um well i mean it's, it's no secret like i do more than just coaching uh, i do more than just podcasts like i'm also a uh, high school credit recovery teacher uh you know two kids stuff like that so i think for me if if i and I, this is something I was thinking because I'm I'm in this like crazy mental state like the last couple of weeks. If I had the ability to like put my entire like full time work into coaching with what I can do tech, technology wise, uh, social media wise stuff like that, like I, I love watching like what Ellis Riley's doing and like how he's posting all these things. And I, I love watching like with what you do of of you challenging people to put their current product, like what they're doing now, not what you did 10 years ago, but what you're doing now out there. And I, and I try to do it when I have the opportunity to, but I feel like if I had the full time, like commitment of a coaching job, like I would be the most like, you would get sick of how much stuff I would probably put out there. Like I would put every session up or like drills that I love to do. Um, like I, cause I have all this stuff in my mind. Like if I ever became a full-time coach, these are, these are the things that I want to do. These are the things that I would put out there. And some of it too is, I mean, like soccer coaching is the like most copied thing of all time. Basically, like we're all just taking stuff from other people and just, you know, maybe we're changing a name or something, but I see what all these other clubs are doing. And I, it's kind of the, the thing I'm going out with some of my, uh, the, the coaches at the home I'm with now, club I'm with now. And I'm like, why aren't we doing that? Like, we all have technology to, to videotape this stuff. Like, like, why don't, why aren't we showcasing our kids' goals? Like, why aren't we, uh, for professional development? Why aren't we, uh, you know, recording somebody's session and then meeting as, as a, as a coaching staff and like talking about the session or because we have an indoor facility, uh, why don't we go to this, uh, little cool clubhouse at the top, watch somebody's session or watch somebody's game and then go back down onto the, the turf and like, let's go through the session, like as a group. Um, so for me, it's just the, I, I try to make do with, I, well, I, I've, I've always been a person I make do with what I've got and I, I play the cards that are dealt with me, but I feel like if I had 
that full time position and I had access to all the equipment because I can't make my phone uh, fly up in the air to do a session. I don't have a drone. I don't have one of those cool little like in zone cameras that I see like every dad has now at showcases. Um, I, that's, that's what I would want to do. I, I, there's, my wife will tell you that I am such like a thinker. Uh, and, and I think of all these things I want to do. It's just the actual doing it. And a lot of times the stuff I think about is stuff I just don't have access to. Um, and so like, I wish I had a drone cause I would just drone the crap out of my sessions. And, uh, I, I learned from, um, uh, Nate, who's at Xavier, the women's coach over there talking with him about how they use their drone. And I'm just sitting there like salivating, like, Oh my gosh, like I would love to do that. They do their drill. The drone's up in the air. They do their drill for about 15, 20 minutes. The drone comes down. It instantly goes to a laptop and one of their managers holds out the laptop and he picks the players that they noticed were doing things and showing them on the laptop from the drone footage, like right then and there, rather than taking the footage home, chopping it up, showing it the next day. Um, so like things like that, I'm just like, and I think I mentioned uh, the, uh, a couple of Wednesday nights ago, like, uh, I think the question was like, what's your like pet peeves in coaching? And I, I don't have pet peeves. Like I'm so jealous uh, of other people. And that's like, it's not like, I just like, Oh, he's got a drone. Oh man, that would be cool to have a drone or, you know, just like stuff like that. And I see all these coaches, they have these amazing like clubhouses that they're taking their teams in and they're doing tactic talks. And, and that's something I, I do want to, I, I'm, I will admit like, I'm not the most tactical crazy guy. Like I'm a, you know, like we said, like I'm a motivator. I can, I can teach the fundamentals. I can develop you as a player, but the tactics are the things that like I'm still working on myself. Um, and I would love to be able to do that and like learn with these players at the same time uh, of, of doing like a little tactical session on a, on a board with some magnets. Like I've got a little itty bitty one, but it would be cool to like sit down in a classroom and, and do um, things like that. So I, I love, um, I'm one of those people I love getting picked apart, but like afterwards I'm going to go hide and be like, Oh my gosh, I am so horrible. Um, but I, 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 I guess I, I make do with what I've got, but I would just, I would love to pro- put more stuff out there. And I guess selfishly just to say like, Hey, I, I'm more than just a, a guy with a podcast. Like I, I do coach and I, I, I've been successful thanks to, uh, the, the great players I've got to work with over the last like 17, 18 years. Um, I would love to like put all that stuff out there. Cause I feel like, I feel like there's a need for, I guess, to go back to the whole positive thing. Like, I feel like there's a need for that. And, and I, I joked last year around this time about the Sean Sonderling super duper elite coaching camp clinic, um, from this thing that my wife had picked up at a, um, a, the national principals convention and everything that I do like professional development wise, I just take it from my wife because, I mean, she's a principal and she gets it from her dad who's a superintendent and education and coaching are the exact same thing. We're just teaching different subjects. Um, so I just like, I want to incorporate that and I want to go out and do that stuff. And I want to try to, I want to learn from coaches at the same time as trying to help coaches. Uh, I, my, my wife has kind of been my new inspiration of when I met her, she was a teacher fresh out of college and she said, you know, I didn't get into teaching to teach students. I got into teaching to teach teachers. I want to help teachers uh, get better. And that's always been in the back of my mind to where now it's like, oh, like, yes, I like working with kids, but I really want to help these coaches because I, I'm i sure you get it with your kids of you'll be doing a training session, you'll have a game and somebody from another team will come over and say, well, our team's not doing what John's doing. Like, why doesn't our coach do what John's doing? Or our team's not doing what Coach Rizzo's doing. Like, why why can't we our team do that? So like, I just want to like spread this like, 
message out there. Like, let's all help each other. And that's kind of what the premise of the the Wednesday night chats are is like, let's all help each other out. No, I, I, I totally, I totally get it, man. Um, I will, I will tell you though, I, I am going to lay on the couch while we're doing this. If I will be therapeutic, <laughs> nice. I'm going to lay on the couch. <laughs> nice. Good thing. We're only FaceTime audio, not, not video. Right. <laughs> hey, I'm still in my work clothes from school. I like hustle to get in here. Um, I, I will tell you though, that when, when I started to record, well, I didn't record them. I was very thankful to, or very fortunate to have a parent that recorded most of my games when I was coaching high school. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started to review those games, not just watch them, but review them and cut them up and then, and then share those pieces with the team first before I, before I shared them with anybody else, but I would share them with the team. That was when I really think development started to happen for me as a coach not necessarily for them as players but for me as a coach because all these things that you think are happening because you you read something in a book and then you go and you do it on the training session and then you talk about it and then you watch the game from your from your vantage point on the sideline and and what whatever right like a lot of times i think coaches believe that something is happening that is not actually happening. And so yeah. it's, you don't, you, you don't get that, that, that real dose of reality until you watch it on video. And I can remember coaching high school, like all my teams are like, why are we watching film? Yep. I'm like, cause this is how we get better. And I think that's why I always fear. Like with my club team is I've never with the high school teams I've coached and college teams I coach, like we've been so like video analysts and like, just like dissecting every little thing. I've never really had the ability to do that with a club team. And I'm actually like this year, um, one of our, our dads is, has been filming every game and then puts it up on YouTube for the, for the guys to look at. And, and we just, we, we have a Google, uh, document that I'll like write my notes, like as I'm watching it and then they can go on and like add their notes of what they see. And then I try to take like stuff from the, I take like what we're all seeing. And then that's kind of how I develop my, like, all right, here's what we need to be working on the next couple of weeks. Um, so that's really been like my first venture with a club team of doing that next step. And it's just from um, somebody one time just saying like, you know, whatever you did with these school teams, like just do the same with the club team, like figure out a way to make it happen and, and thankful for, uh, for YouTube and technology that, that we can do that. Yeah. It's, it's always tripped me out. Like the, the um, attitude, that changes between club and then high school and college. Like it seems like the high school college route um, has more of like these professional aspects to it, like the locker room, like the sense yeah. of community, like the, um, you know, the, the, um, the walkout before yeah. uh, the national anthem and the national anthem. And, and they just have like all these professional, profes- sorry, professional aspects to, um, to the way that they operate when, and when you get to club, it's just like, all right, everybody shows up to practice. They set their backpacks down. We, we, you know, rush through things for uh, 90 minutes and then boom, you're out of there. And yeah. and, that's, and that's pretty much it. And, and, and game days are kind of the same. Like you kind of all show up separately. Uh, you, you warm up in this weird um, corner patch of the field and then, <laughs> and then you take the field immediately. And then as soon as the game is over, you're gone. And, yeah. and that's it. And so that, that, the, that separation be, between like the professional aspects of, of high school, college and, and club really, uh, really interests me, man. It's, uh, we talked, I think yeah. I talked about it when I was on your podcast. It's just to me that, that's, that, that, yeah, that professionalism and that sense of community really, um, in high school and college sports really just impresses me. I guess. Yeah. As a, and I, the, where I was at in Michigan, like high school met so much more than club. Like people would die for their high school team. But yeah, like when it came to 
club time, which I'm, I'm used to kind of the opposite. Like here where I'm at, like high school soccer is really important, but like, man, like club soccer is like just a little bit over that. Um, compared to where I was at Michigan, it was completely flip flop and it wasn't even close. Like high school soccer was where it was at. And I, and I, I guess I, I do. I love that aspect of it too. Like I love the pageantry. I love the big crowd that's there to watch. I love the whole, the sense of desire to like want to play well for your community because you're representing something. Um, and I, I, I do remember us touching about this on, the, on our show about, you know, how many kids play for a club that has a name of a city or a state and they don't even live there. So like, you know, what? Uh, yeah, I, like, you know, I, I've got kids from Kentucky and I coach for Indiana Fire Junior South. I've got kids from, from Illinois and I coach for Indiana Fire Junior South. Like the, what's their attachment other than, you know, playing for the club. So I, I do remember in our conversation about you wanting to try to like build that, that same mentality from a school game into club. And, and, and that's how you promote these, these towns and these cities and, and you make soccer better everywhere. Um, just from, from bringing that, make it, make it transparent, treat the, the high school games or the college games as, as important as you do the club games. No, it's a, it's an interesting topic, man. I just interviewed, um, the women's coach from university of Pittsburgh, Randy Waldrum. Oh, and, the good brother. Yeah. And, and he, he was talking about how when he was growing up in Texas in the sixties, you know, their, their first experience of travel soccer you would represent your your town. You would represent yeah. your city, and and just every city had one club, and so you know you would go and you would play against another city, and that and that's who you played for. Nobody else played for an, another city. Like you just you represented your community, and yeah. and that has almost you know it's all but extinguished at this point in American soccer because you have people driving from San Diego to L.A. You have people driving from Reno to Vegas. You have it's like yeah. ridiculously long treks just to go and, and, and play somewhere else. And I mean, um, look at two other sports. Like how many kids fly across the country to play for a basketball team? Yeah, true. You know, how many kids live in New York that play for a team that's based out of Miami? True. True. Yeah. I never, I, I never really think about that, but now that I, now that I do, I remember there was a kid at the high school that I was coaching soccer at and he was a freaking badass, like six ten. Uh, you know, he would just, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's my, that's my dream. Yeah. Yeah. He would just, he, he would literally just stand there and just dunk over everybody. Um, <sighs> but he, he had to leave the area because it was so easy for him where we were. So he had to leave yeah. and, and go play club basketball elsewhere because there was no real competition for him here. Yeah. So in that sense, I get it, but uh, the majority, that's not what soccer was built off of, though. Yeah, but yeah, exactly that too. But the majority of players, I think, in, in American soccer are not that kid's case. Like they're not six ten. Oh, for, yeah, wonder kids. It's like these are very, for the most part, average players that are traveling three, four, five hours to go play for who knows who. Um, and yeah. there's no real reason for them to be doing that. They could they could be getting a lot more out of representing their own team or community. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Um, tell tell me a little bit about. Uh, soccer chat because there's people that are going to be listening to this that probably uh, either if, if they haven't heard about it um, I, I want them to leave with a good idea of what it is and, and why you guys decided to do what you guys do uh, let's see so we do a, a Twitter chat every Wednesday night at 9.30pm Eastern time uh, that all got started from uh, social media for the high school athletes that's based out of New York um, I randomly found myself in a chat on Twitter one night uh, about two years ago with a bunch of football coaches from Texas that I didn't know that they were football coaches. I just, uh, I thought, 
Yes, American football. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, for all my, my European friends, I'm sorry about that. Um, but I, I follow uh, a couple of the Duke American football coaches, and I noticed that he had posted something, and I just replied to it. Next day, I know I'm having all these people reply to me, and they're like, uh, what type of coordinator are you? What positions do you coach? And I was like, uh, I prefer attacking players. And they're like, attacking players? Like a quarterback? I'm like, oh, I'm in the wrong thing. Um, and that group had reached out about, Hey, like we want to try to do something with the soccer community. And so we got the, uh, the chat going and, uh, did that for a couple months and I'm a big, I'm a content creator. I, that's the thing like, I wish I, I could just get, get paid full time to do is just create content for people. And I was like, you know, like there's so much more than just this chat we have every Wednesday night. Like I want to, I want to dig deeper and I want to do a podcast cause that's, that's all I listen to when I'm in my car and, uh, they're like, well, like, do people like podcasts? I'm like, that's all I listen to. I was like, and all my friends listen to podcasts too. And so, um, you know, thanks to them. I was like, I can produce it all myself. Like I, I've got a bar- broadcasting degree. And, uh, so I, I hopped on and, and got Nick, uh, who I'd never met, uh, when we had done, started doing the show. I think we went about six months doing the show before we actually met in person. Um, and our, our chat started, our podcast started off kind of, like your typical soccer coaching podcast, we had topics and we discussed creating a culture and we discussed all these various things. And Nick would always make fun of me because I would like ask a question that would make the guest go into story time. And I remember listening to a, a, one of my favorite podcasts and the guy talks about the people's journeys, like what they do and how they got to where they were at. And like just the things that you can learn from somebody who takes this journey to get to where they're trying to go. Um, and I just, you know, like story time's like a cool thing. Like, let's do that and let's just change the format. And the moment we changed that format and, and went to that, that journey talk and, and just make it story time, uh, is when the show really started picking up, but, uh, that drops every Thursday. We've had some really awesome guests. We're actually going to come up here, uh, in, um, let's see, I think it's June 20th will be our hundredth episode. Uh, our hundredth actual like interview. We've, we've definitely had more than hundred episodes, but our actual hundredth interview, and we're going to do a really big, uh, we've got a really big show planned for that one. Then the week before that is actually my birthday when the show comes out. So I'm going to have an online birthday party <laughs> for anyone, for anyone who wants to be on the show. I'm going to put out a link, uh, that week. I think we're going to try to do, I think we're doing it on Monday. Uh, so that would be June 10th. Uh, I'm going to put out a link. Hop in the 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 recording room with us, and I I just want to talk soccer with coaches. Like that's what I want for my birthday. Like I just want to uh, hang out with all these these new friends that I've made over the last two years, and and these these networks and and colleagues that I've gotten from the last two years doing the show, and and just celebrate with them. And uh, it, it's I think Nick refers to us as the most professional unprofessional podcast or unprofessional professional podcast, something like that. Um, <laughs> And and actually, uh, I, I I wish I could remember the name, uh, but we just had somebody um, that was a name that was given to us. That's um, pretty, a pretty prevalent name, and why it's skipping right now. This is why I need to just coach full time, not work at a school as well. Um, and the person uh, that we were scheduled with uh, wrote back, like, "Hey, like I found, I just listened to your show for the first time, and it's really different than every other coaching podcast I've heard, and I like that." And that's the thing, like I convention that we got from a lot of people is like, hey, we like your show because it's different. Um, so like, we're not trying to step on anybody's toes. We're not trying to do anything better than than what you're doing, than what Coaching Journey's doing, or what Gary's doing. Like, we're just doing our own thing. And if that's what uh, people are digging, then then we'll do it as long as people are digging it. But I, I, I tell people all the time, like if if you if you're if you hop into the week that you you discover the show. 
our stats and records show that people are going back to the very beginning and treating it like Netflix and binging all the way through to, to get caught up. So it's one to where uh, if you find a good one to start off on, like you're going to like the rest of them. That's cool, man. And I don't uh, talk as much. Nick does all the talking. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking actually <laughs> earlier when you were, you went on like a 10 minute story time and I was like, Oh wow. Like that's the most I've heard Sean talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, which other people will tell you that's how I am in real life. I don't actually <laughs> let everybody else talk. That's funny. Um, I, the way that I think about your guys as Wednesday night soccer chats are like, um, it, it's like the kind of turning Twitter into an AOL chat room, like what chat rooms used yeah. to be, except for it's just a lot more confusing because you have to decipher who's in the conversation <laughs> and who's not in your Twitter timeline. It'd be nice. Yeah. It'd be nice if Twitter just had like a chat room. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's kind of how I, how I think about it. It's like, just kind of everybody jumps on, uh, online at one time and, and joins in a, in a, in a conversation where everybody's talking about the same thing, which I think is pretty fun. I know yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't, wanna, I, I don't, I don't participate every week, but, usually coaching when it, when you guys are doing it. And I, yeah. when I get home, I, I kind of browse through everything and, and there's dude, there's so many people that join in. It's really cool. And I've, I've been keeping yeah. an eye on, on, on new names that are joining and, and who kind of floats in and out. It's really cool. What you guys have built is something that you guys should definitely be proud of. Well, it, the thing I love about the Twitter aspect is like, so like you're, you're perfect example, you're training on Wednesdays and, and your time zone is a lot different than ours. So with having that, the Twitter, uh, capability, you know, you get home from training, you can go on there and see everything. Well, then you can still participate. Just may, people may not be talking right then. And I know that there are some that will talk for probably another hour or two after it's over. It's just based off of the dialogue that they have with somebody else. But uh, that's the thing I like the most about it is, you know, you can go on anytime. And I tell people every time they're like, oh, I missed, I missed the, the Twitter chat tonight. No, you didn't. It's out there. 24 seven, 365. You can always go back and, and check it out. And I really like that aspect from, um, I took it from, um, my wife does a, I think it's called ed chat and it's like every like Saturday morning or something like that. And I just remember being like, that is so cool. Like why, why are we not doing that as coaches? And just like, you know, I, I thought it was a cool thing. And then it was like, well, we got to do more than just the, the chat and let's do the podcast. Well, then I was like, well, we got to do more than just the, the chat and the podcast and created a group text message with everybody who does the Wednesday night chats. And um, it's just, it's, it's growing and growing and growing. And sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's going to get like way too big for, for me um, to, to be able to handle. But just the participation that we've had on our Twitter chats is just, it's gotten so good. And, and I love now that um, people are reaching out to me like, hey, I'm trying to hire a coach who on your chat has been, you know, really impressing you. Like, that's such a cool thing. Like people are getting jobs now because of our Twitter chat. Like I, I, that blows my mind. And I love that we're giving this platform to coaches who may not have a platform somewhere else and can showcase their knowledge and showcase their talents and get respected from that and, and potentially get jobs and promotions based off of that. Like that's the coolest thing of, of, of it all. Where, uh, where can people find you on social media and where can people find Nick and where can people find the show? Let's see. Nick is at coach in Rizzo on Twitter. And I believe he's, uh, Nick, no Rizzo dot Nick on Instagram. Uh, and I've remembered that because for about seven months, he didn't know what his own Twitter name was because he had <laughs> changed it. Um, and mine is at Coach Soderling on all platforms. We are uh, at Chat Soccer on Twitter, no E, so it's S O C C R. Uh, somebody has taken Soccer Chat and every form of Soccer Chat that you can think of that, that username is, has been taken. Um, Ricky Clark is trying to get me to do an Instagram for us. And I'm like, man, I already manage 
like six Instagram accounts. Like <laughs> I may have to put that one on Nick to, to do, but Nick also <laughs> just learned how to use Instagram uh, in 2019. Um, when it was time to do your top nine for 2018, he was like, I have three pictures. How can I do a top nine? I'm like, well, you can't, but, uh, yeah. So and the show comes out every Thursday, uh, iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, TuneIn radio, iHeartRadio, radio, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's a cool environment. It, it's, it's a place where I think Nick made the comment one time. I don't know if he said it on your, I think he said it on your show, just about how like to find out like all these coaches who we see on TV or like we hear on these DVDs or whatever. And when they get involved, like they're just like you and I, yeah. and you know, they're just natural, cool people. And, and your, your network that you can create um, is just from the, the Wednesday night chats, you know, everybody's so loving, everybody's so caring. Like you can have a different thought process on a question and nobody's gonna be like, your thought sucks. No one says that they'll say, Hey, why do you think that? So kind of like what you do, where you kind of pick things apart or you kind of play that, that advocate of like, well, let's dig deep and more into that. Um, and people do that and they love it. And they, and just the responses that, that we've gotten about, um, you know, what people are getting out of it. It's, I, I tell people like, if, if you miss out on it, like just, just hop on whenever and go back and look and you're going to learn something. At least my objective is for everybody to learn one new thing every single Wednesday. And I learn like seven things because there's seven questions and I learn everybody who answers. And it reminds Nick and myself, like how much we suck as coaches. Cause here's all these awesome people with great ideas that we never even thought of. <laughs> no, dude, you gotta give yourself more credit, man. You gotta give yourself more credit. Um, I, I, I try not to, I, if I, <laughs> if I took credit for all the stuff, like my wife would just be like, we're going to have to get new doors. Like, and so I just like, I'm one of those people in my whole life. I like, I just downplay everything. So that way, whenever you check it out, like, Oh, this is awesome. Why didn't you ever say anything before? I, uh, you know, I just wanted you to naturally organically find it. So that's Perfect. just, uh, that, that's me in a nutshell, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm a nut. I, that's, that's what I am. Don't change. Dude. Don't change. <laughs> you're, you're originally you. <laughs> that that is one of the best and truest compliments I've ever gotten before in my life. Like I think I'm going to put that on my classroom wall tomorrow. That's I will I will post it on my classroom wall. Take a picture. I will give you the quote credit, and hopefully that will uh, inspire uh, my my classroom as well. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review, and I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.